Um, if you'd stand with me for the reading of the word, we'll go right into it. I'm thankful for the church I go to, my wife, my family, my daughter, uh, my extended family, this church. Um, thankful for my youth group. It's all Lane Point. So yeah, I'm thankful for my youth group. So. Amen. So we're John chapter 10, starting in verse 11. We'll read a couple verses of scripture there. John chapter 10, starting in verse 11, it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is a hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. That's powerful right there, amen. Amen. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and have no, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. There was a division therefore among the Jews for these sayings. And many of them said, He hath a devil and is mad. Why hear ye him? Others said, There are not words of him that hath a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? And tonight I want to preach on the good shepherd. If you go with me to the Lord. Lord, we love you. We're thankful for what we felt already, God. But we pray that you would do more in this service tonight, God, that you would change somebody, Lord, that you would help us to know, Lord, who you are, what you're about, God, and everything that you do for us, Jesus. I pray that you would open up our eyes, open up our ears to hear, God, what you've given tonight, Lord. I pray that you would just move on us here in a mighty way, Jesus. We love you. We're thankful, God, for your presence, Jesus. And in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight. In the book of John, you find the Lord start or the Lord beginning sentences as "I am," as if to conf, uh, to clear up a confused audience to to say, "Hey, this is who I am. This is what I do." One might would say that statements like this to others um, as a way to tell who and what they are. He is the good shepherd, contrasting himself to the false shepherds. Everyone could watch and could see that we're in his day, almost like one of us defining ourselves to distinguish us from the so-called Christians of our day, the Christians that, that are on Sunday but not on Monday. There is no doubt, there is no wondering with a statement as clear as what Jesus said multiple times of who he truly was. It is black and white. There's no gray area. There's no, there's no room to get in and to, as to who he was and who he is. And you would find him telling one group, I am the bread of life in John chapter 6, or I am the light of the world in John chapter 8, or I am the door in John chapter 10 and verse 9. And then we find in our text in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. 
By calling himself the good shepherd, he doesn't mean he's just passable or, or that he does a satisfactory job at keeping sheep or, hey guys, I'm a sheep guy. No, he is telling us that I am the good shepherd. And in the text, it literally reads the shepherd, the good one, setting Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, apart from all other shepherds. There are, there are none like him. Amen. Amen. Mark 10 and 18 says, And Jesus said unto him, why callest thou me good? There is none good but one. That is God. So to call him good would in turn call him God. He isn't just a good shepherd. He is the shepherd. He is the only shepherd, the, the faithful and true shepherd, willing to do anything, willing to do everything necessary to defend and to save his flock. Amen. Amen. He's not just any other shepherd. He is the good shepherd. He is the good shepherd in all sense of genuine. There's nothing fake about him. There's nothing counterfeit about him. He is the good shepherd. He is the shepherd from every, um, from the very center of his being, every instinct, every thought that passes through his mind, every action, every touch of his hands are those of a true shepherd. His constant purpose is to guide, to direct, to feed, and to save his flock. He counts no labor too severe, no suffering too extreme, and whatever, um, whatever sacrifice, no sacrifice too costly for his flock because he is the good shepherd. Amen. He has identified himself with those of his flock, and whatever adds to their comfort, their security, their well being. He does. He gladly does. He gladly bears those things. He is the good shepherd to the hireling whose care is of himself and whose aim is only to self-gratify and promote himself. He is the good shepherd. He's the good shepherd that guides his sheep by going the way before them. Those who follow the paths of the Lord are safe. Those who walk the, follow the paths that the Lord Jesus Christ have no assur or no um, they have assurance knowing who they are walking after. He is perfect. He is in a class completely and utterly by himself, an authentic shepherd, a shepherd that is preeminently above all others, a, a shepherd that describes himself, describes the original portrait that others, painters, can imitate, a model that others can safely imitate. He is the good shepherd. Some of the great men in the Bible were shepherds by occupation. You find the obedient Abel who was offering up sacrifices to God from his occupation of being a shepherd. Or you can find Moses who killed an Egyptian and fled to the hills right before he truly led the children of Israel and found himself in a pasture. Or you can even find David, a man after God's own heart, although unbeknowing to him at the time, was preparing himself to defeat a giant and then become king later on and he would find out these things in a pasture. These men were all shepherd in each different in time. However, the lessons that they learned in the, shepherd, or in the pastures by them benefited them tremendously. They would go on and make an impact in their life. You can even find some today in the Holy Land. You can find some today a couple miles away from here. And, um, but one common thing rings true for shepherds then and shepherds now is that shepherds know their sheep. They know their tendencies. They know their individual needs. They know the little details about the sheep that they tend because they love their flock. They love the sheep. That is the job of a shepherd, not to raise them up to slaughter them unless they're to be used for a sacrifice. But the job of a shepherd is to raise them up so that they can use them, amen, so that they might help our needs of covering us with their wool, so that they might provide our needs through milk, or so that they might provide us with more lambs and more sheep. 
And while Jesus was speaking, you can find specific ministries at the Good Shepherd that Jesus Christ himself performs in his role. And so first tonight, we find that Jesus dies for his sheep. And we find that in verses 11, 12, and 13. And I'm going to read that again for you. It says, I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is a hireling and careth not for the sheep. And so in the times of the old dispensation, before Jesus offered himself to die for for our sins, the sheep would die for the shepherd. The owner would sacrifice his sheep. The sheep would die for the sins that his owner had done. But the young lamb without spot, without blemish, would be, would be snatched up out of nowhere and be offered as a sacrifice for the things that their owner had done. But that's not how it operates tonight. Amen. Amen. Now you and I can remain free from bondage. We can remain free from the chains that were holding us down because we have a good shepherd who died for our sins. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep, amen. The Lord didn't die just by chance or by no reason at all. No, he died as a substitute willingly laying down his life for his sheep, amen. That's the kind of God we serve tonight, amen. Amen. I love the verse, Romans 5 and 8. I've said it multiple times getting up here. But God commendeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He commendeth his love towards us. He affirmed his love towards us. He showed us what true love was by laying his life down so that we wouldn't have to pay the price for something that we've done for something that we've messed up on for something that we took our own concentration off of for something that we might have done out of ignorance he still died for your sins tonight because you are a part of his flock amen amen romans 8 and 35 through 39 says who shall separate the love of christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written for thy sake we are killed all the day long we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter nay in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor death or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of Jesus, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I can picture Paul, he's writing up those things, and he's saying, "Whom? what can separate us? And he said, well, it's not this. This can't separate us. This can't separate us. And he said it ten times. There are ten things there. He was saying, you know how much my Father loves me? You know how far Jesus is willing to go for me? You know how deep the good shepherd's love runs for us? It's this far. Nothing can separate you from the love of Jesus. Amen. Nothing can separate, separate us from his love. Amen. Jesus gave his life for his sheep because they were chosen to become part of his flock. The Lord chose you tonight to become part of his flock. Amen. Amen. We ought to give praise for him. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. He's looked down on us time after time. He's reaffirmed that love. He commendeth his love towards us. The blood of Jesus still flows tonight. The blood of Jesus still saves tonight. And the blood of Jesus can turn any situation around. Amen. Amen. And even though that blood is great, even though that power is great, there is a catch. Amen. 
I got everybody looking at me now. While the blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient for the salvation of the world, while it is sufficient for everyone in this room tonight, it is only efficient for those who believe. Yes, he died for you, but it only works if you apply it to your life tonight. Amen. The blood was available to many back in the day of the children of Israel while they were in Egypt, but it was only efficient for those that put it on their doorpost. Amen. It doesn't matter your social status. It doesn't matter who you are. You can be Pharaoh and you can still fall if you don't apply that blood to your life. Amen. Amen. And Jesus would turn and look at the hireling. The hireling is completely opposite of the good shepherd. The hireling is a hired hand and not a shepherd who is not the owner of the sheep, who sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hireling watches the sheep, but, not only, or, but only because he's paid to do so, not because of his love for the sheep. They are always greedy and grasping, doing ministry, not for the love of souls, not for the love of men, or even the love of truth, but for the greed and the true love for money. The key phrase we find in that part is, whose own the sheep are not. The good shepherd purchases the sheep and they are his because he died for them. They belong to him and he cares for them. And every parent in the room can stand up and go on and on about the love that they have for their children, albeit we didn't have to give up our life to love them. Amen. If push came to shove, many of us would give up our life for our kids. But uh, we, we don't have to do, we don't have to go through all that. But by nature, sheep are kind of dumb. They are prone to get into danger. They're prone to get lost, and that's what makes the shepherd so important. Amen. Throughout the Bible, we find that God's people are often compared to sheep. And quite frankly, if we really be honest about it, it's pretty true. Amen. It's spot on. Sheep are clean animals. They are defenseless and in the need of the care of the shepherd. The sheep wander. They are prone to wander. They are in need of the Savior's sweet nod in the right direction. Sheep are peaceful animals, useful to the shepherd. And these, and in other ways, are true are a true picture of those who have decided to follow Jesus and be a part of His kingdom. We also find tonight that the good shepherd knows his sheep, and we find that in verses fourteen and fifteen, the Lord knows you tonight. The Lord knows the trials you've gone through. He knows the troubles you're going through now, Amen. Because He knows you. He knows everything about you. Verse fourteen and fifteen says, "I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and have." And am known of mine, as the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And in this part, the word know means a lot more than just an intellectual awareness, knowing, just kind of scanning the room and figuring out tendencies. But it goes far deeper than just knowing somebody. It's used here to denote the love relationship that the good shepherd has for his sheep, for his flocks. And the Lord knows his sheep personally, and by knowing us personally, he knows exactly how to minister to us tonight. To, be, to begin with this part, we must simply know that the Lord knows our name. Amen. John 10 and 3 says, To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. Jesus was entering in and passing by Jericho, and there was a man who wanted to see Jesus. We all know the story of Zacchaeus. He, he was a short guy. He's probably like me. He's short. He couldn't see around the crowd. So, so Zacchaeus gets in his mind, I need to find out who Jesus is. I need to seek who Jesus is. And so I'm going to climb in a tree 
so that I can get that touch that I need. And so in Luke 19 and 5, we see Jesus, he would call Zacchaeus out of the tree by name and say for him to come out so that he might go to Zacchaeus' house. So Zacchaeus had never met him. He didn't know what or who Jesus was, but that cannot be said the other way around. Jesus knew the things that Zacchaeus was battling. He knew what his name was. He knew exactly where he would be up in that tree because he is the good shepherd that tends to his flock. Amen. Secondly, we see in this point that the good shepherd knows our natures. And while all sheep, are like, are, while all sheep, while all humans are alike in their nature, each sheep and each person have their own distinct characteristics that make you you. Amen. Amen. And the loving shepherd recognizes that. Jesus recognizes that tonight. He knows the traits about you. He knows the intricate details about you. And one sheep might be scared of heights or one might be afraid of the dark shadows. But the good shepherd tends to his flock and considers these special needs and knows these traits. He tends to them, amen. Have you ever looked at how differently all 12 disciples were? Yet they all shared one common goal of sharing the gospel around the world. You find Peter was impulsive. He was an outspoken person, while Thomas was hesitant, always doubting. Or you look at Andrew, who was a people person, always bringing someone new to Jesus while Judas was self-centered, always looking for someone to take their money for his own good. Jesus considered each of these characteristics. He dealt with each person differently just as he does for all of us as well. Jesus knows what he can put on you tonight. He knows what he can trust you with tonight. He knows everything about you and not just the outside things, but he also knows the inward things, amen. Psalms 23 is a great chapter to see what all the Lord does for his sheep. Often we don't even know our needs, but that can't be said about the good shepherd, amen. Psalms 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That is amazing uh, semicolon right there. Whenever I was younger, I did not know that there was a semicolon, so I just read in, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, and I never understood that, but as I got older, found out what punctuation meant, so. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. It's in the pastures and by the waters and even through the valleys that the sheep need not fear because the shepherd is caring for them. He's, he's meeting their needs. Amen. But just as any animal, as the owner cares for them, there is a pull from the animal that the animal draws closer to their master. The more the shepherd cares for us, the closer we become to the shepherd. The good shepherd knows his sheep, and the sheep know the good shepherd. There are many ways we can find to know him more, but we can get to him better by listening to his voice, by obeying his word, and experiencing his daily care. As we follow the shepherd, we learn how to love and to trust him. He loves his own, and he shows that in the way that he cares 
for them. John 13 and 1 says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them even unto the end. Are you thankful for a God that knows you? Are you thankful for a God that loves you even into the end? Are you thankful for a God that inclined unto me and heard my cry? He brought me also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. Amen. That's the kind of God that we serve here tonight. Amen. Amen. Next, we find that the good shepherd brings forth or brings other sheep into the flock. And we find that in verse 16. It says, And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. The other sheep here are the Gentiles who were not of Israel's fold. They too will hear Jesus' voice calling them to salvation and redeem Jews, and Gentiles will become one flock with one shepherd. God didn't just come down and uh, down a cross for just me. He didn't come and just down a cross for your sins. No, uh, he didn't die for people with ideal backgrounds. Hey, they'll be perfect if they get in church. No, he died for everyone. He died for the person at your job. He died for the family member that just can't get it right. He died for the worst person at your school, young people. We would be crazy to think that this is only for us. Amen. Amen. There is but one flock the people of God who belong to the good shepherd. And a lot of times uh, we hear this verse and we're automatically turned off as Pentecostals because a lot of people turn it away for their means of own salvation. But John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The good shepherd is actively adding to his flock. He paid the price for this world and he's not content on just you and I making it, but he's he's wanting others to join this flock. Amen. Them also I must bring and they shall hear my voice. He died for a lost world and his desire is that his people would reach the lost world with the message of eternal life. What good is this great truth if we bottle it up inside? What good is something that is put on a shelf and never used? We have got to bring others into this great truth. Amen. Amen. And then lastly, we see that the good shepherd takes up his life for his sheep. And we see that in verses 17 and in verse 18. Therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it up again. No man taketh it from me but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. The Lord's voluntary death was followed by his victorious resurrection. His death wasn't like some, whereas in the moment we are struck, we don't know what to, how to cope with it, and as time goes by, the importance of it fades away. No, his death is just as important today as it was back then. His death and resurrection just has, has just as much impact today as it did on the lives of them back then. And from a human's point of view, it appears as if Jesus, is, or Jesus was executed. It appears as if Jesus was taken and killed. But from heaven's point of view, he laid down his life willingly. This wasn't just a situation where someone took his life away from him, but he laid it down on his own initiative. He laid it down to free his flock 
to open up the gates for others to join his flock. Amen. Amen. As I begin to come a close, Sister Regina, you come to the piano. I'm short-winded. Y'all should like that on a Sunday night. Amen. We see how the listeners would respond to what Jesus told them in our text. And in verse 19, it says, There was division, therefore, again, among the Jews for these sayings. And many of them said, He hath the devil and is mad. Why hear ye him? Others said, These are not the words of him that hath the devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? And so note the word in verse 19. It says, There was an old, there was an old of the word again. There was an old accusation that Jesus was demonic. And it kept being hurled back at him again and again. John 7 and 20, the people answered and said, Thou hast a devil who goest about to kill thee. John 8 and 48 says, Then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan, hast a devil? Or in John 8 and 52, Then said the Jews unto him, Now we know that thou hast a devil. And they were talking to Jesus at all three times. He was saying, Just be ready. Last couple of times I've said this, last couple of times I am the good shepherd. Last times I've had to tell these things, accusations were flying. But since Jesus Christ is the door, we would expect division because the door shuts some people in and it also keeps others out. He is the good shepherd and the good shepherd must separate the sheep from the goats. It is impossible to be impossible, impossible. <laughs> to be neutral about Jesus Christ for what we believe about him is a matter of life and death as we find in John 8 24 I said therefore unto you that yes or that ye shall die in your sins for if ye believe not that I am he ye shall die in your sins tonight you hold the power whether you will live uh, with sin in your heart whether you will die in your sins or, or if you'll live free amen amen if you'd stand with me tonight Last night as I was getting all this wrapped up, I let Phoebe outside to go potty. And so I was sitting there, I went back and I was typing it up. And so I started hearing something outside. And so I went to the door and as I got halfway, Phoebe came in looking at me crazy. It's like, what in the world? And so I opened up the door and there's, it's just completely black outside. It's the first time I've ever heard anything like this. We live out in kind of country thing, whatever. And so I look out in the pasture, the cow pasture behind, and I'm hearing all this nipping and yelling and whatever from animals. There's a bunch of coyotes. If you ever heard a coyote before by itself, you know that they got a really distinct uh, voice. And so I heard a couple coyotes, they were going nuts. And then there was a young calf that I could hear and it was screaming. And so I'm just standing there. I'm thinking, you know, what in the world? It's not coincidence that I'm making the sermon talking about the flock and all this and this is going on behind me. And so I'm like, what do I need to do? Do I need to go knock on somebody's door and tell them, hey, y'all got some coyotes in your pasture. I need to go get my gun and go shoot it off a couple times. I'm like, no, I'll hit somebody. It's too dark out here. And so I'm going through things in my mind and then out of nowhere, probably about 30 seconds, this large cow, I don't, I'm guessing it was large by the way it sounded, a bull, whatever it might be, just started mooing. I mean, it was the loudest thing I've ever heard in my life. And it was five or six times, and it was completely quiet for the rest of the night. And I just had in my mind, man, that's what the good shepherd does for me. I got stuff attacking me, and he just walks up. Hey, get away from him, amen. 
Amen. That's what happens whenever you're a part of his flock. The good shepherd, he takes care of his sheep. Amen. Amen. We don't need to isolate ourselves. It's hard to fall away. It's hard to drift off whenever you're connected with the rest of your flock. There's two things that, that benefit you from the flock. Well, there's more than two, but two things that really stick out. It's hard to drift off whenever you're connected with, some, with somebody. Don't believe the lies from the devil that the person sitting beside you or even across the room from you doesn't care about you because they do. Amen. We got to stay connected in our flock. But also, more importantly than just having somebody beside you, Remember that you have a good shepherd that is watching over you tonight. Amen. He died for you. He knows you. He brings others into the flock to save them, but also to help you. He laid down his life for you, and he did it on his own free will so that you might be free. Amen. So that you might have life eternally with him. Amen. Amen. Lord, we love you. We're thankful for the opportunity to be in your flock, God. Thank you, Lord, for know, for letting us know this great truth, God. Thank you, Lord, for caring about us. Thank you, Lord, for knowing us, God. Thank you, Lord, for knowing our nature, where to help us out, God. And we pray that tonight that you would just let your love, Lord, your mercy flow all across this house, God. Help us, Lord, to know you more, God, to love you more, God, to reach out and bring others into this sheep, uh, this sheepfold, God. Lord, we pray that you would just move on us tonight lord we thank you jesus for your move god and we just pray that you would just touch us here tonight lord amen these altars are open